0: And this old fiddler, Anthony Hilperdy, so it was, it was he that composed this tune after having a long sleep at the seashore, sitting on a wee rock beside, beside the sea. And you see, the, uh, the sea rolling out and in, you see, the waves rolled out and in have given the impression. He was listening to the whole thing in his sleep, you see, and have given the impression of this tune. And here it goes now.
1: Well, that's what, that was about when you're driving into glen Kill and you come through that gap in the road, where the first time you see is the tower up on the top of the hill. And uh, I've always likened it to getting a slap of a wave across the chest when you go into the sea. It's just a—it's almost like a shock, and it happens every time I come into glen Kill. the I just find it so beautiful. It's a gorgeous place. Where we are here at the moment, overlooking the glen, it's kind of—it like, would be the the start, I suppose, of. The Glen Road to Carrick, the geographical Glen Road to Carrick, and uh, it's the start of where I. It would be this my start. In terms of my coming to Glen Column Kill because I can see down below here, I can see Mrs. Byrne's guest guesthouse, where we stayed, where my family stayed in 1973, I think it was, and uh, it would have been. I think that was the first time we had been to Glen and stayed in Glen Kill and that was the start of it. the love affair if you want to call it with the Glen and with this area of County Donegal because um, it was a great holiday we toured around the whole area saw all the sights all the really beautiful parts and also then at night we went into Carrick over the the Glen Road and we heard John Doherty playing uh, in the cellar bar in in Carrick and and that was that after that I was hooked to the left where we're standing you can see down to the beach yesterday the the rollers the waves were coming in like something out of hawaii 5 they were bashing against the rocks it's a, a little bit more sedate today but still fairly powerful and then if you look over to the the east or the northeast of where we are you can see all the mountains stretching off up into county donegal and it is it's a it's one of those places it's it, i've been to kerry i've been to Cork and you see all the beautiful place there and they are spectacularly beautiful but this is as good as anything you're going to see in any part of the country I think it's as it's as beautiful as any part and uh, it takes a hold on you From, I remember the, the Friday night of the holiday we were up here we went into what's down below us there Hallowira. Um Father MacDyre at the time had a Friday evening Cayley I think the Cayley band was if I remember right 9 or 11 fiddle players and that was it just a, a row of fiddle players playing for the dances, and uh, I'd never seen a Cayley band of just nine fiddlers and nothing else. Uh, I've seen. I've got more used to that now in more recent times. Where when we come up here, or over to around here, or over towards um, the Crows over with the the Campbells over there, for up on stage, you'll have nine, ten, eleven fiddle players playing for the dances at night, and it's it's. I think it's unique to this place where you just get fiddle players, and it's great fun. And tell me about the Glen Road to Carrick. Glen Road to Carrick, the tune or the road? Uh, Both. (laughs) Well, the road is uh, six miles, what, ten kilometres long. It's over the mountains. um, And it links, there's no houses along it at all, apart from the remains of one house down off the road, which is, belong to um, a well-known fiddle player from the area, going back about 100 years or maybe a little less than 100 years ago, uh, John Mosey McGinley. And he is one of the people who's credited with um, writing the tune the Glen wrote to Carrick. He wrote a few other tunes as well, or he's reputed to have written a few other tunes as well. Um, but then another fiddle player from over in Kilcar, which would be the far side of Carrick, uh, by the name of Francie Jarrig O'Byrne, um, he is reputed to have put the last part onto the Glen Road, to carrick or he called it on the road um it's sometimes called on the road from carrick to glen or on the road from glen to carrick so there's there's many different stories about the tune and there are different versions of it um he played the version that's played mostly now would be the one that's more associated with francie jarrick whereas um john doherty the great fiddle player had another version of it again um i think they are all versions will eventually go back to a tune called The Chorus Reel which is a Scottish reel but it has been uh, adapted and as I would say improved by its uh, contact with fiddle players in, the, in this part of the country especially and it's a it's a great tune <laughs> it's a, a kind of an, an iconic tune in a sense that an awful lot of people when you play that tune they say ah Donegal Fiddle Playing it, it seems to be the one that, that most represents Donegal Fiddle Playing to a lot of people Um He was well sheltered down here, just wasn't the same, he? wasn't yeah. he? he
2: had to
1: be a lovely spot. Well built town. Between the, the mountains and the lake. These are the ruins of John Mosey McGinley's house. From what I gather, he was um, a trader, so he travelled a lot around the country, uh, including uh, he was known to have a white horse. And he did all his businesses from that, you know. So he would have been, he probably would have spent a lot of time away from here as well. But the, the tune, the Glen Road, I mean, we're just down from the Glen Road here. And he's one of the people that it's associated with. I have seen that he, he's credited some places as the composer of the tune or the person who adapted it from the, the chorus reel. But um, I was talking to Mick Brown about this the other day, and we agreed that. It, Francis Jarragh would probably have a very strong claim on it because he was known to have composed some very very good tunes Um, the launching of the boat being one of them that I particularly like as well so um, and it was in his version of it that the last part goes in and I think that's what marks out the tune as a a special tune to me that's what marks it out as a special tune is that the the extra last part that's put onto it so I would uh, I would give strong uh, credence if you like to to, to Francis or Francis the story of the francie composed it all right, or worked on it. So, um, can we play the tune, yeah. Why not? If the rain holds off, <laughs> check it out for that. That The house markings are here as well, yeah, and uh, a trailer and two tractor tires. I think i Should we give it a go? This the way I play it now, myself.
0: salmon in Thielen Bay yet. Is it not? Didn't come in. Yeah. It's quite late, isn't it? Whatever they went. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so there's no salmon at all. Uh-huh. I was down in Galway My son's only made one week last year. Right. They didn't get three salmon the one week. That's, that's bad, isn't it? Yeah, oh, what? Thielen Bay for salmon long ago was something else. Yeah. It was so nice. Yeah. They're so not now going in Kelly shes She there's no fish coming into Killy now at all. Mm. They're fishing in, in where is it? Denmark. Oh. Right. Yeah, and they're sold over there too. I see. Yeah. Everything has changed for yeah. the Yeah. Yeah.
1: This is Kitty Shan. She's eighty seven years old and says that she's as old as the mist. Kitty's a singer and though she never learned to play instrumental music. She remembered loads of tunes and through her little thing of them, she has kept them alive, uh, many tunes that would have passed away long ago. I'll tell you last night, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out as much for myself mm. as something else, why I came up here, what kept me coming back to this place, here and Glenconn mm. and the music, the people we met, yeah. I mean, there's scenery all over the place, but yeah. there's scenery in every part of the country. That's I not, know, there's the a so nice go.
0: places, in Ireland too, that I even wasn't done.
1: I know, but it wouldn't be enough to bring you back again and again. I,
0: think. <laughs> I don't know. Not do for you, me, yeah. anyway. Not for me. But I, I'm. I don't know. We got to like you people when you were coming, when the first festival started. From 1980 onwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was Tommy, the, Tommy, he did ten of them. He did, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was telling him that. And he always got the good music.
1: The first time I heard about that's him. not
0: faulting the others, you know. Of course, yeah. Everybody had to learn. You're not going to be good. And the beginning, at anything, it doesn't matter what it is. That's true. Yeah, I'm sure those yeah. people that were sitting around before you and sat down at that table, somebody said they were Germans. I'm sure they thought we were crazy. That's Me especially. Right. <laughs> you can't be too sensible. Well, I don't mind. No, it's not that. Yeah. But I enjoy the music so much yeah. that I think everybody else should feel the same about it. I know, yeah. But you see, we know it. You understand it. I understand it. But they liked it too. I do. Yeah.
1: It's different ways of liking things, I suppose.
0: Uh, yeah. What was that saying again? It's modern, because canburger. Canburger. Nihanan as is a hella lat. That's a rod. Or a branch of a tree. I guess nihanan na duk of hella wak. Every two sons want of the same nature. There
1: you go. <laughs> I was telling Peter about, we're down in, um, the sleeve league and John Maloney's as it was Aye. there. Um, I was telling about Con catching me by the sleeve one day at twelve mm. o'clock in the day, and taking me into the into the back room and mm. there he said we're going to play a few tunes now. Mm. And he said he only had the nine tunes. Do you remember you used to say that
0: Con? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever hear con tell that story about how he started first? No. Was it with the tongs? He said some. <sighs> That's right. He put one yeah, tongue up yeah, to his chin and yeah, the other. Yeah. The mm, yeah. <laughs>
1: he said he had nine tunes and then he's played from 12 o'clock in the day till about half one in the morning. Uh, and he didn't play the same tunes low. twice.
0: No, <laughs> and it, he had played two tunes.
1: Loads of tunes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I learned I an awful lot of tunes from Conn, from coming up those uh, weekends. Conn
0: had the old tunes that was going in his its yeah. time. Then you see, you had people coming from Clare and from Dublin and everywhere, yeah. like they are now. I don't yeah, yeah. yeah. They kind of stuck to the old tunes, unless the like a John Doherty would have maybe a few from Scotland or something, or from other parts of Ireland. Ah, yeah, yeah. And the the home place in Croakland, mm-hmm. This is the first house in Croakland, Like there are not many houses altogether now, but mm-hmm. anyway, I hear it's for sale. Is it? Sad to think it's going to be sold. Yeah. But that can happen. And there are three girls in the family. Right. Yeah. But Katie's in Crobb and the other two, one is in Scotland, the other's in England. I see. Yeah, they'll hardly come to live in it. No. Yeah. should I die? Then
1: When I heard him playing and a lot of the other people the likes of mm. Francie Jarrick again was another mm. man I heard playing. They played using the whole fiddle. Aye. And lots of all, but it was an eye opener. It really attracted me to come back again and yeah. again to, to hear more and more and more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, and then the people. Oh, the people! The atmosphere was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I could laugh even yet. That's right. Yeah. We had fun. it yeah, oh, was great atmosphere. God, in that was place. great. Great joking yeah, and, and yeah, everything has changed. It's all changed yeah, right? yeah, changed for the worse. Look at all the years, John Sammy was up on the Golden Gate. Oh. Four years. That's where, That's where I heard him. non-stop. That's where I heard yeah. him, in
1: 1973. Yeah. yeah. I was only 12 yeah. or something at
0: the time. He and Frank Cassidy were booked to play at my sister's wedding, Nora. Mm. Yeah. It was nice. Maybe something yeah. else. Oh, God. <laughs> so, she didn't miss Yeah. 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 Oh, bubbo. Come on, go back. Yes. That's it. Should not O tame is peary my rash my more not be none
1: okay this is the cellar bar or like it was called the golden gate as well and this is the place we came to from Glen Column Kill with my mother <clears throat> two nights during that week in 1973 because John Doherty was living here at the time and he was playing downstairs in the in the cellar bar, and uh, great Donegal music. I remember one night during one of the, Carrick's, one of the Flas in the, the Carry Fla, my brother Tom <coughs> was on his honeymoon, and he's travelling around the country, and he arrived here during the Flas and we played a session downstairs. Um, load of people there, listening. The place was packed, and at the end of the night, then Colombo Ward, who was a, a lovely fiddle player from this area, borrowed my fiddle to play a tune. And Tom couldn't believe that there were so many people standing around that could have taken that fiddle and played the played a tune as well. And played it as well as anybody that was sitting down, but they were more interested in listening to the tunes being played at the time. Well, I looked around and I realised that there were about a half a dozen more, at least, who could have done the same. taken up a fiddle. If you played a tune, they'd ask you for a different version of it, or they'd check out if you knew a particular version of, of the tune, and maybe take the fiddle off you and show you where, you where they, not where you'd gone wrong, but where they had a different way of doing it. And it was a It was great to play in a place where so many people understood and appreciated the music. And that was a great thing at the time to to come up here and to to realise there were an awful lot of people that shared the same interest in the same type of music. The front bar, again John Maloney's in the Schlieve League, was a very, very tight little narrow place. It was comfortable if there was about five or six people having a drink, but I'd say there must have been about 30 people crammed into the front bar because um, the Campbells had arrived down from Glenty's, a good... Big squad of Campbells and a few more people with them, and they're all big men as well, so th- <laughs> they don't mind me saying that. But the place was packed, and I remember Dermot McLaughlin was there, and oh, I forget there were a load more other people. Rob Cherry from Belfast was there, and a few more. And one fiddle was taken out, and I think Vincent played a tune on it, and then he passed it on to Dermot McLaughlin. It was passing overheads because there wasn't room for for it to be passed from hand to hand, and so Dermot would play a tune, and then he'd pass it on. I'd play a tune, and we stood there for about three hours passing fiddles overhead and playing tunes and one fiddle so you got to hear everybody and got to hear what they were doing and maybe again somebody would ask you to play a tune or they'd ask you for a tune that heard you playing before and they wanted to hear it again and uh, it was that was a new thing for me at the time but actually over the last good many years from coming up here it, it's not that uncommon for one fiddle to be taken out and handed around and everybody gets to play and if you've only the one tune you play the one tune or it goes on from there and it's, you didn't see much of the day after that mm in the repertoire again one of the things my grandfather Jim McBride had always said when you're playing the fiddle there's four strings on it so you use them all you don't just use the D A and D e. when um I heard players now this is only something that I saw and you'd be trying to find little ways into the music that weren't obvious to you but um in phrases of tunes where a common enough tune where again Con Cassidy his version of Drowsy Maggie um which had a great second part to it. Hitting up to high notes where in other parts the, the version down the country would be Yes. Okay oh, The two dressy maggies would show two ways. The first version I had learned many, many years before I came up here, and then I heard Con playing, and uh, I've always stuck with that. As one of the tunes that, whenever I'm teaching in a class, I always teach that tune to make sure that, because it's well worth learning on the fiddle. It gets passed on as well. Oh yeah, very much so. Oh, would you, when you were teaching, would you ever say you go that version, Con Cassidy's version? Oh yeah, if you, if I can remember who I got a tune from at all. If you learn a tune in the middle of a session and it's just one that's been there all the time, you can't say that, but. If you know that you got a tune from so-and-so from a particular person, then definitely it's that's part of the, the passing on. You have to mention it, because they don't just fall out of the air. Um, and I don't get many tunes, if any tunes, out of books. Um, not that I can't read. I can read music, but I've never set out to learn tunes out of books. And it's just I, prefer, I think they stick into my head better if I hear them from a person or if I learn them in person from somebody. It wasn't just lashing out a gang of notes which he could do well but it was also putting the tune into context where it had come from where he'd learned it and you see that in some players today that are very very good at, a, at telling the story of a tune I'm not terribly good at it myself I tend to let my fingers do all the, the talking but um playing the tunes out but there are some people who are very very good with continuing the story of the tune that the tune isn't just, didn't just fall out of the sky that it was handed on from somebody to somebody else and that there was a story behind it Um, because it was mentioned today as well about how the names of tunes are being lost and I'm as guilty as anybody for that because I learnt an awful lot of tunes in sessions if I remember to ask for the name of the tune which is not all that often, within two minutes it's gone again, now I've been trying lately to raise the number of names I have but I think it, actually part of remembering the names would be to remember who you learnt it from and that will put context onto it and you can think about where it came from and how you got it. Um, That's also how they get called after people. You get a lot of that. If the name isn't known or if it's forgotten then if it's associated with some somebody then for instance Con Cassidy's Jig I don't think he composed that but it just came to be known as Con Cassidy's Jig the previous name. If it's remembered it's not as important as the context from where it came. Uh, or we were talking today to Kitty Shan, and there's a Ki- Kitty Shan's barn dance, which because she remembered it and it's associated with her, that's the name that has stuck with it, and it's it's a nice tune. We're in the house of Ronan Galvin in Broca, and are joined by Mick Brown, who's come in from Thielan. Both are from Dublin, but have moved into the area, drawn initially by their love of the music of Carrick and of the areas around.
3: I started coming up here on family holidays and things like that from 1970, the mid-70s onwards up on through the 80s. And I, was, I think I was taken by the sense of space coming from suburbia in Dublin, and also, the accent of the local people, the, the special accent that they had, and I think when I started playing the the music, it just kind of cemented my relationship with the with the area the whole thing local. Theory. yeah <laughs> but with with the Irish language and the music were all kind of intermixed in my mind. As you were saying, like it was very much alive at that time, um, if myself and Mick went into a pub and started to play. Into the early nineties uh the early nineteen nineties, very often there would be six or seven men at the bar, and they would turn around when you started and they w- they might give out about you or they might ask you to play another tune or tell you you were playing out a tune but they yeah. they had opinions about it, and some uh, them would have
1: played as well at one stage
3: they 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 were just in touch with the music. And meeting Mick then, nineteen eighty eight, and the two of us meeting uh, James Bourne at the same time.
2: Right. I think we were lucky that we we came here at at that time. At the time. Because uh, if somebody was to come here now, I don't think they, would, they could possibly have the same experiences. You know. No. Um, like there were there were a lot of musicians around the place. Really, there were a lot of it has to be said older. Yeah. Fiddle players and accordion players and uh, people who could sing a song, uh, the local songs and so on. at that time there were you know there were still people left. Um, you know, James Bourne would be an, an anomaly really in his generation. He's the only mm. person of his generation really that plays to that extent. Like, there would be one or two others, you know, Father Malloy, in the and then Miel Carr, who's no longer with us, um, you know. But o- only for James Bourne, I think w- w- we would never really have, mm. have have got onto it. Or, or I think the music here would be, would be. I think James Bourne kept a lot of those old, older fellas going, mm. as their own community mm. moved away from the music right. and left it behind them. Mm. You know, it's no longer the music of of the local people mm. here. Really, it has to be said. It's. Uh, not the preferred music of of, of the locality. Um, I think it's a great pity, you know, it was generated in this area, um, all the stories and history that went with it, and uh, really now it's been played in, in I suppose this is true of traditional music in general, but now it's more likely to be played in, the local tunes from here are more likely to be played in towns and cities somewhere else, or maybe even other countries. No and that's a great thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. But I think it's just sad that the connection... Uh, between the local music here and the locality has been so weakened Uh, and and, you know, I I don't think anybody can do much about that, I I don't think my presence here for example helps that at all
3: So you've got the younger generation and the older generation in between, locally it's only really James James Bourne, but uh, at least there's a link being made there which is important you know, and uh, there's a few other people like Aidan O'Donnell um, Gallagher Stephen. Stephen Gallagher and Noreen, Noreen Lyons mm-hmm. Ireland Breffney O'Donnell yeah. people like that Francis you know? John Francis John John, John Byrne
1: the more I think of it it's not that bad <laughs> no but
3: they're
2: they're, they're, they're all I, I would you know they might disagree with me but my view would be that they're to some degree isolated within their own generation, their musical outlet is usually dependent on contact with us oh. or I think we said if it's going to survive, it probably has to go back to the houses and maybe that's happening elsewhere in the country too, mm-hmm. but the pub from outside of the time when tourists come to this area um, there's hardly a session between Donegal Town, Glencolm Kill and Glenties. there's mm-hmm. one or two nights there but when the tourists come, then the bookings start coming in for us for, 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 for pubs and so on. And you know, uh, like the other night in Biddy's, I was explaining to an English woman sitting beside me, she was very interested in the music and all that, but she was quite disappointed to, when I pointed out that of the all the people in the yeah. lounge listened to us, uh, that there was only two or three locals, Kitty Shannon and a few more, and mm. that everybody else was a visitor. She, she thought that, you know, there would have been a a healthy mix of local and 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 visitor and uh, the music was only very popular here when it served the dance you know so it had a social function and the the really it was popular i suppose and then you had other kinds of music coming in the fox trots and quick steps And i mean they would have started coming in here after the first world war and that would might be the time to, say, mark the beginning of the end. Con Cassidy would have said that, that the traditional started to die out after the First World War. Um, and, say, for example, in a place like Thielen, which has such a an incredible history of, you know, uh, great, great singers, uh, musicians, lilters, storytellers, and Shanachis and so on. Um, the last fiddle player from Thielen, born rare, the last musician, I should say, because it was also you know, melodic players and uh, other instruments. But, um, the last musician to be born in Reardon and, and, teal and then really stick with it, especially on the fiddle because it was mainly a fiddle tradition apart from Thomas Cunningham, the banjo player. Um, the last person was really Con Cassidy. He was mm-hmm. born in 1909. So, there wasn't many people born through the 20s, 30s, 40s who would have picked up the instrument and the, the, the show band thing came in in the 50s the rock and roll and all that and, uh, you know, people want a different kind of music to dance uh, to. I mean, James Bourne has interesting memories when he was a young, young lad. He remembers uh, that sort of junction between the two types of music. Uh, there was a, a, he would be at a, the dances with his father and some of the older guys get up on the stage at the beginning of the dance and play Highlands and barn dances and polkas and things. And the old timers would get out and dance that, but most of the crowd was there for what what followed. And after maybe a half hour of indulging the old uh, <sighs> the old music and the old musicians, they'd be kind of swept aside. And a few other musicians would get up on the stage. People who would have also been traditional musicians as such, but they would have learnt these new tunes. These were so-called jazz tunes, and then the dance would really take off. That's so that, that that changed, I think so, yeah. Story started all
1: the way through. 20. It wasn't just unique to this part of the
2: country I think maybe in other parts of the country somehow they managed to almost revive or uh, uh, reconstruct the traditional music yeah. along modern lines for modern listening audience whereas I don't think that happened here in some ways that's why it's more distinct or more distinctive because mm-hmm. I think it's kind of unreconstructed to the music mm-hmm. here it still very much harks back mm-hmm. to the sounds the house dance I mean the accent of the fiddle here the, the, the intonation even uh, it's not something that's been influenced by by listening to a great extent. A lot of the old traditional fiddle players, you know, that wasn't their their values were were more than just listening. It had to do with timing and rhythm and things that serve the dance. But, the
3: but um, I'm not sure if you can you call it traditional music anymore. Like, is it what is you know what is traditional music? I think there, there were so many musicians in this area. And uh, I've done research on about 10 townlands in Glenculum Kill, and out of that 10 townlands, at one time, there were 60 musicians. On average, if that works out for Glenculum Kill, then there could be anything up to 250 or 300 in one parish. And and what led to that strength was, you know, it, it appears to have something to do with the way of life yeah. that people led at the time. And that, that's that's really traditional traditional music. When you talk to somebody now from here, there isn't a great value put on that strength of tradition that that there was anything up to two hundred and fifty musicians or three hundred in this area because it was so traditional and it was such a part of the way of life of everyday life how people lived here and um, you hear people say, "Oh there was a fiddle there was a fiddle in every house, or there were." Uh, somebody said to me this morning there were Prince's car I was getting petrol and he said there were three or four fiddlers in every house now that's an exaggeration yeah. in, in, but it was steeped completely in the tradition in the traditional music and that disappeared very very quickly um, from it, it reached a height perhaps in, during the second world War. listenership no the support that musicians would have were in their own communities gone, never mind
2: the actual mm. musicians themselves, yeah. apart from a few people like Kitty. There's very few, there's only a handful of people now in the two parishes, mm. Kilcar and Glencoe and Kilcarr, who, mm. who would actually recognise that uh, a tune that was played as being from their area. Mm. And, you know, there's really very few that would have that kind of in-depth knowledge of the tradition in terms of where the tune came from, or you know, especially the old dance stuff. I mean, you know, a lot of people would recognise kind of... It's just enough for chance you know, yeah. like that, but I mean the old Highlands and barn dances and polkas and so on, and marches. You know, very little knowledge left in the area of that. So that, and, and I mean, th- there's a parallel with this with the Irish language, yeah. with Irish uh, language singing, with
3: place names and everything, like with knowledge
2: yeah. of the locality. And there's reasons for it. It's not that anybody's criticising. It's just the way life moves on there's and changes. Conditions and, it, and and you know it. it, it I mean, it, it was always in a state of motion. It never stood yeah. still. And we we don't. We wouldn't want it to stand still. You no, know, you can't. It stops being, for, the great thing that it, that, it, that it is. Once that happens.
1: I had been studying classical music from the age of about 7 or 8 on the violin, uh, including going to the College of Music in Dublin, and I had, at that stage I got up to about grade 5, but my heart wasn't in it at all, I I was hardly practising the fiddle at all, I was doing very little music, I was learning the tin whistle separately and doing traditional music on that, but um, the week that we spent up in Kill and listening to Johnny Doherty over in, in Carrick, in the cellar bar in Carrick, and also hearing the all those fiddle players lined up on stage in um, in Hollowira for the Cayley and Glen Connipid itself my mother could see that there was a kind of a a bit more interest coming into me towards that type of music so when we were driving out of Carrick having left Glen Connipid and Carrick behind us and we were heading towards Kitty Bags um, she turned around in the car and said to me you're not going back to the college anymore are you and I said no no I wouldn't have any interest in that but um, she says "Okay, well if I get you another teacher will you go to that or do traditional music and he said yeah, do that but there's always good times to be had there's always places to go there's always places to go and people to meet and tunes to be played